Well, what a great day and a special day for so many, and uh, it is uh, that season of celebration uh, as we, uh, uh, as you celebrate families and uh, the the journey of your uh, student going from one place to the next, uh, a, a new adventure, a new journey, uh, a new stage in life, and. And that's going to be great. Um, students, I'm going to talk to you a little bit, and everybody's going to kind of overhear. I, I, I try to do these uh, talks in such a way that uh, it is significant for you at this season, uh, and, and yet I'm preaching the same message I preached at the other services. It's a short message. Some of you ought to be very excited about that. I see some of you looking at your watch right now to time it. Y'all set your timers by it. Uh, it will be a short. Now, short to me is probably not short to you, but it is short to me. Um, it will be a, a shorter message, but the reason it's a shorter message is because um, it's probably a harder message. It's, it's not an easy one, and uh, uh, this is how God kind of orchestrated things. But um, let's talk about joy for a second. You know, the thing about joy is you, many of you uh, students, you've been looking about, oh, as soon as I graduate high school, yes, joy, you know, I, I get to enter into a new stage, I'm, I'm entering into adult, oh, joy, and, and, and that, it, there are certain truths to that, but uh, I, I know in my own home that, that uh, you know, graduating from high school is great, and then then it's graduate from college. You know, when I graduate from college, joy, woo, joy. That's you know, that's that's a new stage in life, and certainly that's uh, that's true. There is joy when you graduate from high school and graduate from college. For me, I had to graduate from master's school, and as soon as I graduate from master's, get my master's degree, joy. And sure, I had joy when I got my master's degree, but it didn't last very long. So then it was, I, I got to get my Ph.D. If I get my Ph.D., then joy. And sure enough, I got my Ph.D., and there was a little bit of joy there, but that didn't last very long. I needed joy that was a little bit more lasting than that. And, and, and certainly, students, you may look at other things. It may not be graduating, and for some of us, it was just barely getting out, and that was okay too. But, uh, but it may not be grad. It may not be graduating. Maybe something. Uh, I have a friend, uh, and they have always said, you know, it, 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 if I could go fishing, I'd have joy. It's a close personal friend. That's it. If I could go fishing, I'd have a little joy, and, and so uh, that's great, and get to go fishing and have some joy, but then uh, what happens if you're not catching fish? Well, there's no more joy, and, and so I, I, that my friend goes fishing, he gets to go fishing and says there's joy, but then he's not catching fish. If I could just catch a few fish, then I'd have joy, and, 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 and sure enough, it, it, what once brought him joy doesn't bring him joy, so now he's got to catch some fish, so he starts catching fish, and he says joy, but then after a while, he says, well, you know, that's, that's great that I'm catching fish, but I'm only catching a few fish. I, I'd have joy if I were catching a lot of fish. And so it went from, I, I need to go fishing. Well, you go fishing and have a little joy, but that joy lo- doesn't last very long. It says, well, I, not only do I need to go fishing, but I need to catch fish. And then, and, and, and then he starts catching fish. And not only do I need to catch fish, I need to catch more fish. I need to catch a lot of fish. And then he starts catching a lot of fish. But then he says, well, if I were only going to catch bigger fish, if I only caught bigger fish, then there'd be joy. And, and, and it seems like joy can be like that for all of us. Of us. And honestly, if we're true, it may not be graduating, it may not be uh, fishing, 
If it's not fishing, I don't know what's wrong with you. But if it, it may not be fishing. It, it may be something as simple as money. It may just be money. If, if I, if, you know, if, if, if I could just make a little bit more money, I'd have joy. If, 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 and, and so you make a little bit more money, and, and, and you know what happens, and, and I don't know if you know this yet, students, this is a great lesson. This is free. doesn't cost you anything. The more money you make, the more bills you will incur. The more people you have in your house, the more bills you will incur. And once they're on the gravy train, it's harder to get them off. Just saying. Anyway, no, the truth is you say, well, you know, if I just made a little bit more money, I'd have some joy. And, and so you make a little bit more money and, 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 and you make a little bit more money and, and you have joy for a little bit, but then guess what? You want to make a little bit more money. So if I could just make a little bit more money, then, then I'd have some joy. So you make a little bit more money so you can uh, buy a bigger house. And so you get a bigger house and you pay for it and, 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 and you say, well, that's great and everything's fine, but if I could just get a little bit more money and I could buy a boat, I mean a car, and and, and get, get a car. And, but it's that journey of just a little bit more. John D. Rockefeller said, somebody asked him, how much money do you, do you need? And he said, one dollar more. He's a millionaire. At the time, if, in today's terms, he'd be a billionaire. You know, just tons of money, but how much money do you need? One dollar more. Why? Because when money is what produces joy, then the joy is always going to be out of reach. Or if fishing or your games is what produces joy, then joy is going to be out of reach. Or if it's just graduating or the next level of education, it's going to be, uh, joy is going to be out of your reach. It'll be there for a second, but then it's gone. That's why we have, you know, people who are married then not married, and then married again, then not married again, then married, and then married, and then married, and married again. Now, I'm not casting aspersion. I'm just saying you're looking for joy in the wrong places. You have joy for a season, and it's gone. You say, oh, the love is out of my relationship. I don't have any love anymore. No joy is gone. Isn't there a song about that? The joy is gone. Maybe. Maybe for you. <laughs> so y'all didn't hear that. I said, joy is gone. Down here and up there, they said, no, it's the thrill is gone. And so my statement was, maybe for you. Anyway, so uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to see that there can be joy and beauty in life, and satisfaction in life, regardless of money or fishing or uh, circumstances, there can be joy that saturates our soul and beauty that overwhelms our senses and satisfaction that fills us up to overflowing. But it happens because we follow Jesus. Um, Jesus is the guy we follow. By the way, if you're here and you didn't know this, this is this is a church where we are gathered here, and our big commitment is to follow Jesus. I mean, that's, and I, I mean, I, that, that's probably not shocking to any of you all, right? I mean, that shouldn't be. I, I'm, that's who we are. We follow Jesus. And, and, and because of that, it means that we discover joy and beauty and life from 
following Jesus. Jesus is the one we follow, and so we need to value what he valued and do what he did and, and, and feel what he felt. And, and so if we're going to follow Jesus, then, then just get a clue as to how he discovered joy and beauty in life. Here, here's the thing. Jesus uh, was fighting an uphill battle from the moment of his birth. And Jesus was undergoing persecution from the moment he was born. And people liked him, yeah, but there was a whole slew of people that despised him, so much so that they killed him. In fact, the very reason that Jesus was born in this world was to die a criminal's death on a cross. And still, he had more joy, saw more beauty, experienced greater satisfaction than any person in this room today. Why? Well, at Hebrews chapter 12, I, I just want you to, and that's not our text today, just, just in the margin. Our text is Mark chapter 8, but in, in, in Hebrews chapter 12, here's what we're supposed to do, okay? This is to, to people who claim to be followers of Jesus. Now, just, and maybe you're not a follower of Jesus. Maybe this whole church thing is like for the birds, and you're like, why am I doing this? And yet I'm here, and blah, blah, blah. Just hold on with me, okay? And, and I promise you'll, I, I promise either you'll get really, really mad at me, and you'll want to walk out. I mean, that's possible. Or something might hit you and you say, well, that's, that's interesting. I never thought of it that way. Now, I hope it's, you think it's interesting. But if you walk out, that's okay too. I understand. I mean, because really what we're talking about here doesn't make sense to people who aren't committed to following Jesus. Right? I mean, I, mean, I, I know that's, what? I can't believe that. Well, it's true. I mean, it's absolutely foreign to people that, aren't trying to follow Jesus. All right, so, so here's, what, here's what Hebrews chapter 12 does. Hebrews chapter 12, the writer of Hebrews says, okay, now here's what you need to do with your life, okay? And, and, and student, graduate, here's what you need to do with your life. Hebrews chapter 12, writer of Hebrews writes, says, seeing, that we, seeing then that we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, what he means by that is he's, he just went through this all this journey of describing heroes of of the faith, people who loved God and who had lived for God and did heroic, courageous things for God. And he says, seeing all of them, seeing that we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, now here's what you're supposed to do. Let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. So, so run the race that's set before you. Run with endurance the race set before you uh, and, and lay aside the weight all these burdens, all these, all these heavy things that keep you from running the race, lay those things aside and lay aside the sin that can so easily ensnare you, okay? And by the way, all of you in this room, everybody over here, over there, up there, and right here, all of us have sin that can so easily ensnare us. And if we're going to do what we're supposed to do, we got to lay that aside. So laying aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Now, here's, here's what he says. Set your gaze on Jesus. So fix your gaze on the guy you say you're following. You're a Christian. You say, well, I'm a Christian. Well, yeah, being a Christian means that you have committed your life to follow Jesus. Not you have committed your life to have a certain cultural uh, persuasion. Not you've committed your life to attend a particular type of charity group. Now, if you call yourself a Christian, that means that you've made a commitment 
to follow Jesus. So, so if you're going to follow Jesus, here's what you got to do. You got to set your gaze on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And then the writer of Hebrews adds this description about Jesus. Who, Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising its shame, and has now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, wait a second. Let's just back up. So he says that Jesus, who is the author of our faith, the perfecter of our faith, that means that he started it and he shows us how to live it. And so he's the author, the perfecter of our faith. He had joy. He had joy. But that joy was attached to a cross. Huh? Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame. And it sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So here is Jesus, who is the beginner of our faith and the one who shows us how to live it. And we're supposed to keep our eyes on him. And he had joy, but that joy was not about everything going hunky-dory for him. That joy was not about having all the crops come in. That joy was not about fishing every day Uh, six days a week. That joy was not about having a mansion on a hill or the best car to drive. That, That joy was built on a cross. How does that make sense? Well, the cross was the very purpose of God for which Jesus came. And so the joy that Jesus had was fulfilled in serving what God had given him to do. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus, that's what he wants you to get today. And mark our text, Mark chapter 8, verse 34, 35, 36, 37, and 38. All right, so just open your copy of Scripture. Let's read along. Mark chapter 8, verses 34 through 38. Jesus prepares us to follow him and experience the joy of life, the beauty of life, and the satisfaction of life. And here's how we get it. Are you ready? This is, I mean, this, is, this should be earth-shattering for us. This is how we experience joy, beauty, and satisfaction. No matter what, no matter what. Here it is. You ready? So Jesus called the crowd to him along with his disciples, and here's what he said. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life shall lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospels, that one will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father and with the holy angels. All right, so I didn't see a lot of joy there, didn't see a lot of beauty, didn't see a lot of satisfaction. Well, the joy, the beauty, the satisfaction comes in following Jesus, and this is how we follow Jesus. The way you experience joy is not that you get the right girlfriend or the right boyfriend, or you go to the right place, or you say the right thing. The way you get joy, the way I get joy, uh, we get it the same way. We get it the same place is through following Jesus, hand in hand with Jesus. That's the only way you're going to get it in a way that lasts. It's not the new job. It's not the new automobile. It's not the new, uh, the new deal that you got going on. It's through following Jesus, connecting with him. That's how you find joy. That's how you experience beauty in life. 
You experience beauty in life when you follow Jesus. You experience satisfaction in life when you follow Jesus. That's why Jesus said in verse 35, if anyone desires to save his life, he's going to lose it. What that means is not just keep himself from being killed, but, but literally hold on to the stuff that he thinks is going to give him the juice in life. Oh, say, pretend like it's peanut butter. Peanut butter. I, that's pretty close to juice in life. I'm just saying. Hey, pretend like it's peanut butter. So, so if anyone desires to save his life, peanut butter, he'll lose it. If I'm holding on, if I think peanut butter is what it takes to give me beauty and joy and satisfaction, I'm going to hold on to it with all I've got. And so what Jesus is saying is if you think that peanut butter is going to get it for you, then what you're going to do is you're going to hold on to your peanut butter, save your life, but you're going to lose it. You're going to lose the joy and the beauty and the satisfied life because it's not going to happen through peanut butter. Then he says in verse 35, if anyone desires to save his life, he'll lose it. And then verse 35, he says, but if anyone loses his life, let's go as peanut butter, loses his life for my sake and for the gospel's this one will save it. So what he says is, if you're trying to hold on to peanut butter, thinking peanut butter is the juice that's going to give you joy and beauty and satisfied life, then you're going to miss joy, beauty, and satisfied life. But if you let go your peanut butter and take hold of Jesus and the gospel, and you live your life for the sake of Jesus and the gospel, then you'll have joy, beauty, and a satisfied life. That's what the point of this whole hard saying is in verse 34 and 35, all the way to 38. It's that, that following Jesus means that, 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 that we live with a sold-out service to him and his purpose. Sold out, not, not halfway. Can, can I tell you what, what makes God ill? Halfway commitment. That's book of Revelation, if you didn't know. It's called being lukewarm. Halfway. Some of us live a halfway life when it comes to following Jesus. Oh, I'll follow Jesus as long as it doesn't cost me something. I'll follow Jesus as long as it makes me feel good. I'll follow Jesus as long as he gives me my best life now. My way, the way I want it. But Jesus here says, no, what you need to do is if you want to experience joy and beauty and satisfied life, then you need to sell out to me. You need to give me whole hog. Y'all know the difference between a chicken and a hog in a farmyard. Some of y'all weren't raised on a farm. Can I just give you a clue? The chicken contributes to breakfast. The hog is breakfast. When you hear the saying, you need to be whole hog in, that's what it's talking about. It means that you lay yourself out and say, Jesus, I'm all about you. And that's what Jesus is talking about. If you're going to experience the kind of life that you long to have, if you're going to experience joy and beauty and a satisfied life, you've got to be whole hog for Jesus. You've got to serve him Completely. And, and to do that, Jesus says, you've got to take me out of the equation. You've got to take me out of the equation. Now, here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, if anyone desires to follow me, then he gives a command. He must deny himself. Deny himself. You've got to deny self. Denying self is not something that we were trained to do 
at least not in the American culture. In the American culture, we were trained to get for ourselves, not deny self. But Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, here's what you've got. You've got to take you out of the equation. So the question no longer, when you wake up in the morning, the question isn't, what do I want? The question is, what does Jesus want? Again, the biggest barrier to you or me following Jesus is not what culture is doing all around us. It's not the drugs. That's not the biggest barrier. It's not not that secular society. That, That is not the biggest barrier to us following Jesus. The biggest barrier to me following Jesus is me. The biggest barrier to you following Jesus is you. You can't have two masters. Jesus and I can't be co-pilots. If I'm going to follow Jesus, I can't serve self at the same time. I've got to let go my peanut butter. I've got to let go the desire to please me. I've got to let go the ambitions that I've held on to. I've got to let go of all the things that I think are going to give me joy and beauty and a satisfied life. I need to let all those things aside and give my absolute allegiance to Jesus. I've got to take me out of the equation. I've got to deny myself. When I take me out of the equation, it's not no longer, I mean, the question is never, what do I want? You think about that. How many times do you ask yourself that question? How many times do you live your life? I mean, just after you leave here, you're going to go eat lunch. Well, what do I want? You say, Pastor, you're saying I, I should Shouldn't ask what I want for lunch? Well, I mean, let's not get carried away. The peanut butter. Yeah, get a little peanut butter. Now, the point is, we ask ourselves what we want all the time. How many times do you ask God what he wants? If you and I are going to follow Jesus, that means that we've got to take me out of the equation. The most important question I can answer every day of my life throughout the day is, what does Jesus want? And then adjust everything in my life to fit that. That's what it means to follow Jesus. You've got to deny yourself. Now, we get in here and we play all these church games and we, oh my goodness gracious, we get so upset about peanut butter being taken away from us. Or whatever it is, you know. I mean, we, we do. We, oh my goodness, we you think that our world was going to end because I don't get to stick my finger in a peanut butter jar anymore, right? I mean, and, and, and act like that's the most important thing. Why, why do we think it's the most important thing? Because it's important to me. And if it's important to me, it must be the most important thing any, to anybody else. And what we fail to do is ask, well, what's really important to God? What does God care about? If you're going to follow Jesus, the question isn't what makes you feel better. The question isn't what, 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 what is your desire. The, the, the question is what does Jesus want? And each of you have to answer that, but the scripture pretty much tells it. This is hard stuff. This isn't easy. But, but that's, you got to take yourself out of the equation. If you're going to follow Jesus, Jesus said you've got to take yourself out of the equation. That means you're not living for you. 
All right, get this. You're not living for you. Students, you will go a lot longer in life and have a better life altogether if you realize that your life is not designed for you to live for yourself. You're not going to college so that you can be satisfied with you by the accomplishments that you do. And you might say, well, yeah, that's what I've been taught. Wrong. The only way for you to be satisfied in life is by following Jesus. And if Jesus is sending you to that school or sending you to that job or sending you into the military or sending you down the road, whatever he's sending you to do, embrace it. Take him by the hand, follow him and say, Jesus, what do you want from me tomorrow? But if you think that your little dream is going to blossom up and make you satisfied, I don't care how much you achieve that dream, that's not going to satisfy your soul when you are the center of the universe. God must be the center of your universe. You need to ask the question, adults. Stop playing this game like, like you're all spiritual and stuff, and boy, that's a good lesson for those students to learn, while in the meantime, you're living your life as though God is not part of the equation, and you are the, you are the sum, and you are the factors in all the equation itself. It's all about you. And here you are today, and you're dissatisfied with church, you're dissatisfied with your family, you're dissatisfied with everything around you, and maybe, just maybe, the reason you're dissatisfied is that you're worshiping the wrong God. You got to take me out of the equation. Jesus didn't say deny yourself just so he could hear himself talk. It's hard. It's not easy. I mean, I have a hard time with this, don't you? You got to take me out of the equation. I like being the center of the equation. I like being the sum of all parts. But it'll never satisfy, never produce joy. It doesn't create beauty. You got to take me out of the equation. The second command says you got to pay every price to fulfill God's purpose. Jesus said, You want to follow me? Deny yourself. You want to follow me? Take up your cross and follow me. Taking up your cross, that was not some whimsical, sentimental, flowery phrase that Jesus was using. He he didn't evoke or elicit among the crowd these warm oohs and ahs. Oh, yes, take up your cross. We Today, we sing these nice songs about carrying your cross and taking your cross and all about the cross. And, and I love those songs, and they, they speak to me, and I'm appreciative of them. There wasn't a person in that crowd that wanted to sing a song about a cross. When they heard the term cross, they began to smell the thick aroma of blood filling the air. They began to uh, hear the sounds of tortured cries filling the skies. They, they began to see the, the angry mob pressing in and pushing people down a street with a beam strapped across their back, whipped, bloodied, broken, mutilated bodies by, by torture. They, they heard and saw and, and understood that to carry a cross meant to go to certain death, to undergo absolute ridicule and shame uh, in the eyes of others, to be seen as a criminal in the eyes of the community. They understood what carry the cross meant, and it wasn't good. But Jesus said, if you want to follow me and you want to experience joy and you want to find beauty in life and you want to be satisfied in life, then you need to take up your cross and you need to follow me. To take up the cross ultimately means I'm willing to pay whatever price it takes to fulfill what God wants. 
even death. Now, graduates, there's no doubt that um, when you leave this stage in your life and you enter into the next stage in your life, there are going to be circles of friends that you have, if you don't already, but there are going to be circles of friends that you encounter who will despise the whole idea of Jesus who will absolutely ridicule you and shame you, and you will be tempted to be embarrassed about Jesus. There, there will be that temptation. I mean, my goodness, I, I, I've been doing this some time, and, and there's still that temptation to be embarrassed about Jesus myself, right? I know you're going to face it, but please understand, no matter what people say, you have to start and say, you need to begin each day and say, I'll pay every price to fulfill God's purpose. I'll do whatever it takes to fulfill God's purpose. I'll let go peanut butter and anything else, everything else. I'll let it go to fulfill God's purpose. And friends, if you're not willing to let everything else go, then you're not following Jesus. I mean, after all, Jesus is the one who said, if you are not ready to hate your brother, your mother, your father, your daughter, your son, then you can't follow me. I mean, that's pretty harsh language that Jesus... By the way, that's red letter. That's red letter stuff. The whole Bible is God's word, but there's something that happens when we see the red. You've got to let go everything. And, And you, many of us are here, you know, the gospel's important until it makes me do something I don't want to do. Jesus is a great idea until he calls me to stop something I want to keep doing. And yet we gather here and we say, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus. No, you're not. Do you know what a follower of Jesus does? He actually follows Jesus. So when Jesus says stop, you stop. When Jesus says go, you go. When Jesus says that the gospel is more important than some little pet thing you got going on in your gut, then it's time to let go of that little pet thing you got going on in your gut. You know what I'm talking about? And if you're not willing to let go of that little pet thing, don't say that you're following Jesus. You're not. It's hard. I mean, it really is. It's tough. It's not an easy journey, but it is the journey that God is calling us to make. And when we follow Jesus... When we pay whatever price we've got to pay. By the way, look this way. By the way, the price that you've got to pay means that you've got, you, there can be nothing that has greater conviction for you than God's purpose. There can be nothing that holds greater sway over you than God's purpose. There can be nothing, nothing that you chase more than God's purpose. It's not what you want. It's what does God want. What you want doesn't even come into the equation. It's all about what God wants. That's how it goes. And can I tell you the way that I've gotten messed up in my life? Now, y'all just look. I mean, here's confession time. You want to hear how your pastor gets messed up? I've gotten messed up in my life when I stopped Asking, God, what do you want? And I only asked, Eric, what do you want? 
thinking that answering, Eric, what do you want? Well, sure, if I get what I want, then I'm going to be joyful. It's the biggest lie Satan has to sell you. It's just not true. But if you do what God wants, then you will always have joy. And you will always see beauty. And you will always be satisfied. You've got to pay every price to fulfill God's purpose. After all, Jesus did say, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospel's sake, that one will save it. We need to make a commitment. My prayer is that every person here would be able to make a commitment to say with the Apostle Paul, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life that I live in this flesh and bone body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself up for me. I have been killed with Christ. And it is no longer Eric Thomas who is living, but it is Jesus Christ who is living through me in this world. My prayer is that you would be able to say that, not just today, but every day. The question is, will you follow Jesus? Would you bow your heads, please? These next few moments, I... I've got to tell you, this passage is hard. It really is. And, 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 and maybe you're like, well, it wasn't that bad. Well, my prayer is that in these next few moments, the truth of the passage will sink into your soul because we all have a tendency to become the center of our own universe and push God to the margin. And if we're going to live a life that is filled with joy and beauty and satisfaction, we need to push ourselves to the margin and have God as the center of our universe. If we're going to follow Jesus, we need to allow the Spirit of God even now to pinpoint the peanut butter in our life. You're here today and there is something that you're holding on to, whether it's an attitude or a, a, a lifestyle or an action or, or a, a persistent thought or a behavior that you've excused Whatever it is, there's some peanut butter in your life that you've treasured more than what Jesus wants. You've, you've treasured certain things that, that you put on a pedestal and say, this is more important than anything else, including the gospel. And you, 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 you need, my prayer is that today the Spirit of God would help you see what that peanut butter is and that you'd be able to identify it. And when the Spirit of God identifies it in your life, that you would be able to say, that is sin, and I need to repent it today. Perhaps there is a price that you've been unwilling to pay to fulfill God's purpose. And my prayer for you today and for me today is that, that we would repent our stubbornness and our disobedience, and we would say today, whatever the price is, I will pay it to fulfill God's purpose. I will no longer try to save my life because in the process, I'm losing it. But today, I will lose my life. 
for the gospel's sake and for the sake of Jesus Christ. So today I pray, Lord God in heaven, that you would speak to those who have gathered here. Help us. Help us follow you. Help us to experience joy and beauty in a satisfied life. But the only way we're going to get there is when we do it your way. So Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us and help for us, your people, call First Norfolk, give ourselves in sold out service to you. Spirit of God, speak to every heart here. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray.